the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. <laughs> I'm Rob Black. I don't know what to say sometimes. I feel like I say that too much. <clears throat> Losing my voice a little bit today, and hopefully that is just sign of the times, the weather, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air, talking money, investing, going into the long weekend. How did the market, not the long weekend, excuse me, going into the weekend. Recently, the markets have not liked Fridays. Not because anything particularly has happened on Fridays. It's because what could happen on Saturday and Sunday. So we're dealing with that kind of uh, short-term memory. You kick a dog, it's not going to like being near your foot anytime soon. But maybe it'll forget if you feed it for the next couple months. Same thing with Wall Street. <clears throat> kick me on Fridays, I'm going to stop saying, oh, hey, I'm going to build a lot of momentum over the weekend and we're going to go even higher. Um, it's not working out like that. We have the Dow down 1.2%. Markets open kind of flat to sideways. I don't feel that it was the disappointing jobs report that sent the markets lower because we went higher for quite a while after that report. It wasn't an instant reaction, but we did see a disappointing jobs report. We are starting to see unemployment go from, geez, that's incredibly low levels of unemployment to these are low levels. And we're going to get to these are normal levels. Then we're going to get to, boy, we haven't been this unemployed in a while. Then we're going to get to, wow, we've never seen this fast of unemployment. That's the script for the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, very likely. We don't have a lot of visibility past that, as policy keeps changing on a weekly basis. Maybe policy should be changing, but yesterday I heard things like Trump is considering shutting down domestic flights to hotspots. I'm not watching a ton of COVID news, 24-7-365. I'm not an expert on this stuff, but... I think recently we saw Michigan and Florida were turning into hotter spots. So if you had a flight to Michigan or Florida, maybe he would say those are too hot. We don't want things going in or out of those areas. <clears throat> so we can't really do a lot of modeling when we don't have the information. Um, China says, you know, X amount of people got the flu, X amount of people died. And there's media reports of why are there so many urns going into China at this point in time? Why are so many urns being delivered to funeral homes? We're counting urns and saying the numbers don't match up. And that's not cool. Constellation Brands is lower today. They sell booze. Now, in your all your wisdom, you may be saying, well, I bet a lot of Americans can stay home. Um, but a lot of Americans are going to drink more and make more babies, and I should be buying birth control and um, <clears throat> alcohol. <laughs> I'm not implying that alcohol leads to birth control. But when you're locked up in confinement, people are trying to figure out best ways to play 
um, short-term trends. I'm not a short-term trend kind of guy. I get it. I'm, I'm not. It's not lost on me that you could want to make a little bit more. But um, alcohol stock today going lower. Pretty famous one, Constellation Brands. <clears throat> You could do worse than buying Constellation Brands in your portfolio. It would be considered a SEND stock. Ticker symbol is STZ. Um, It's easy to get caught up in the world of Tesla and the world of NVIDIA. In better times, those are the easiest stocks for us to talk about. Um, Constellation Brands has wineries. It's got beer companies. It's got distilleries. Uh, a huge, huge company. So, um, lots of spirits. And again, if you go into a grocery store and you start counting how many people supply the grocery store, there's about eight. When you go, I wonder who owns Mondavi. I wonder who owns uh, Modelo. Uh, they own Grupo Corona. <laughs> Just so you know, Constellations Brands. And, oh, we've seen the funny memes of you put all your IPAs on the left side of your fridge and you put your corona on the right side and practicing social distancing. Oh, I get it. Ha, 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 ha. I'm old to COVID out on the memes, just between you and me. Stocks are trading lower to start the day. U.S. reported 701,000 jobs lost. I brought up the Constellation brands because sometimes the obvious doesn't even work, um, especially when the obvious has already had a big run. So Tesla up big today, up 7%. The company said it produced almost 103,000 vehicles. They delivered approximately 88,400 vehicles in the first quarter. Something in my head tells me production's not going to be as strong in the second quarter. And Wall Street probably knows that because everyone's practicing social distancing. And is it essential? Is it not essential? Uh, Musk has kind of popped up here and there, kind of popped up. I see him as kind of a weasel popping through the sand and popping through the earth. Uh, oh, I can make ventilators. And oh, you know, it's essential people go to work and it's essential that Tesla. And he said things like more people are going to die today from car crashes. Now he's starting to look into that. Whoops. <clears throat> Maybe not. So as we're seeing some ballooning, the video game esports ETF, if you want to take a look at one of those areas where it could be a COVID play, where we lock ourselves up when video game sales are doing their thing. There's a Van X gaming and esports ETF. Um, and last year, this time we were talking about, oh, look, everyone's playing esports more, and there will be more money one day in uh, online football than there is in the NFL. <clears throat> this year, we're not talking that way because we're kind of focusing on COVID. But the Van X video game and esports ETF, it might give you some ideas of where there is some growth. <clears throat> ESPO, um, if you want to look it up, it's esports. That's ESPO, esports. You can kind of see that in the ticker, I think. Um, one of the things when you look it up is you could kind of start to see who the players are, that who they think the players are on their ten week uh, on their top ten holdings. Then you can start following them, and maybe you pick up an idea or two from them. Um, but the esports, <clears throat> if you go back to way back in February, February 10th of 2020, where were you on February 10th, 2020? Well, it was four days before Valentine's Day. I was probably getting flowers and trying to do everything right for once in my life. 
if you go back and you take a look at ESPO, that's a ticker symbol, you'll see that back in February, it was a $42 stock exchange, a $42 stock fund of stocks that are investing in video games and video game computer chips and video game consoles and video game publishers. And we know that kids 18 to 35 stay at home and play video games. They're millennials who don't get jobs. They stay at home and play video games. And then the kids are out of school. So parents are like, well, I can self-school or I can have them play video games and I can try to get some work done myself. And you could kind of see the trend there, right? So all you have to do is go back to February 10th and see that this was around $42 a share. And then as the whole group fell, it fell to, oh, no, $33 a share. That's a big drop. But it's already recovered to $38 a share. You don't have the risk of the individual stocks. You have kind of a group thought. And video games work in good economies and bad economies. The people who are buying them aren't exactly looking at the price tags. Um, And they're catching more and more of our eyeballs. Like social media catches more from than TV. Same thing, video games is taking more from TV. Big business. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm trying to not give medical advice. I'm trying not to be preachy. I'm trying to get you to retirement, which if you listen to age 20, maybe the advice I give you will work for the next 40 years. If you're 15, you've saved nothing. I'm going to give you different advice. You probably have to work till the day you die. So coming back to that kind of thought, it, you work from age 20 to 60, and then you have to live off your money from 60 to 100. And your mama, which is a fantastic thing of trying to explain to children the your mama jokes from the 1980s and early 1990s. And they're like, I don't get it. I'm like, well, it's kind of like a meme. Well, forget it. Um, your mama's pensions and your daddy's pensions are gone. Um, yes, there are still some groups that do it, like teachers and police officers and firefighters and state employees. But more and more corporations have phased them out as they're expensive liabilities. If they tell someone, I'm going to pay you 30%, 40%, 50% of your salary till the day you die, and that person doesn't die at 65, pensions used to make a lot of sense when we died early. Social Security made a lot of sense when we died early. But then we started living to 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100. That 102-year-old lady that you see on um, Good Morning America, where she's out on the side of a Smucker's jam jar or something like that. And I'm like, look at sweet Betty Lou. She's 102 today. She says she does it because she smokes a pack of cigarettes a day. That's what, and eats garlic. Well, Betty Lou has been using Social Security. She's, well, she's 102. So, well, it's 42 years. And if she worked 40 years, whoa, we've been, then you could see where that's changing. So I want you to focus on you at times, and I want you to think about retirement. And if you're not doing 15% of your salary, you should be. And when you get these down markets, you should be stoked. If you're under 50 years old, somewhere between 50 and 55, you should be getting nervous. Somewhere between 55 and 60, you better have a plan. 
So in good times and bad times, you have to invest. Even when the market's down 20 30%, that's the best time to invest if you're under 50. Headlines are very scary right now. New York Governor Cuomo says state saw its single biggest increase in coronavirus deaths yesterday. You're hearing some crazy stories about body bags. Military-grade body bags are being sent there because they don't have enough coffins. Like, that's pretty humbling. So far, 2,935 New Yorkers, uh, 2,935 New Yorkers have died from coronavirus in the last 24 hours. The curve continues to go up. I don't know if San Francisco was savvy, lucky, intuitive, but San Francisco, a similar city to New York, maybe not in the density, but um, same a lot of the same issues. The public transit, strong demand for it. We shut down fast, and so far, compared side to side with New York, there's been some good responses and there's some bad responses. And now we're going to have all weekend to think about Governor Cuomo. And you know, last week his brother gets the COVID diagnosis. We can stink right now because we sit there in lockup and we go, "Remember the days when we used to see waiters and waitresses and your father." My father-in-law would, like, embarrass himself by going, yeah, you got any food around here? I'm like, Dad, we're at a restaurant. Stop it. Anyhow, you get the idea. Live Nation, a stock that I want to own. Can't own it yet. But this is showing you where my thought is. I hate Live Nation. You know why I hate Live Nation? Because typically if there's a concert I want to go to, they're selling the tickets. And there's nothing I can do about it. And you're like, why is a service fee $14? And you're like, is it, it, why has Live Nation not been like the victim of the internet and costs go down? It's like, it drives me crazy. But they're a $30 stock now. When COVID all started in the United States, um, this was a $76 stock, 76 to 30. That's more than that 50%. That's, that's kind of a good area for me. Keep in mind, I believe any stock that I own can go down 10%, any of them. And then I started looking at the blue chip companies, and let's say like a Microsoft. I go, Microsoft can go down 20%. Apple can go down 20%. Uh, Visa can go down 20%. And in times of duress and stress, probably 30 Then I look at companies like AMD and NVIDIA, who are kind of like the sexier semiconductors. And I go, they can go down 30 to 40% really easily. And then I look at the guys who are coming up with like cures for cancer, and they can go down 40 to 60%. Any stock that goes up 100% can easily come back 40%. You also get to the point where, do I think Live Nation is going to go bankrupt? No. Do I think they have a lot of debt? Yes. That's an issue. So I, I, that's one negative. But I think things come all the way back and Americans go to concerts again. Yes. Um, we learned one thing in this COVID outbreak from the media coming out of Miami, from the media coming out of spring break. Oh, I don't care about the coronavirus. Kids will get together and listen to music for many, many, many years to come. But maybe I'm wrong. And maybe that's why the stock's down 50% plus from its all-time high. Um, to me, that's, that's where it becomes interesting, not where it becomes disappointing. That's not. I'd rather buy a stock that is one of my favorite stocks or in this case, I started the whole segment by saying I hate Live Nation. I hate their fees. But, for instance, my father passed away from cancer, probably from smoking, right? And um, 
I would still own a company like uh, uh, Altria if I wanted to because they, I don't make my investment decisions based on my morals. Um, I don't like Live Nation, so I'll join them. It's At one point in time, you were an Apple guy or you're a Microsoft guy or you're an Apple guy or you're a Google guy. And you're like, I don't like Apple. It's for elitists. I used to say that too. And then I, I said, you know, that's why I like them. Live Nation, that's why I like them because they charge so much and people pay it. Uh, not every single stock you find is going to be like that. And I got to stop talking about it because I can't buy it for the next three days now. But you get the idea. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you're looking at Friday as, man, we did some good work on Wall Street this week. We, we may not have gone up. We may have gone slightly down. We may have gone slightly up. But we didn't have a lot of crazy volatility compared to what we've recently had. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It is the year of COVID until it becomes the year of the political election, until it becomes does COVID come back in the fall end or not. Things along those lines we can't really predict. Markets open sideways. Maybe we're trending a little lower. Maybe we got that Friday action going on where no one really wants to hold in case bad news hits over the weekend. Fridays have been bad for the last four or five weeks, but making one good. CFP Chad Burton joining us here to talk a little bit about COVID and investing and other thoughts that are on your mind. How are you, Mr. Burton? Well, I'm better than any uh, SBA officer would be today because <laughs> they're going to have a really busy day. Yeah, I saw Bank of America site is up and going, and that's being celebrated in the financial media as um, massive delays not coming. Someone pulled it off. What are your thoughts on what's going on there? Well, uh, I mean, the the bank that I have, I've been watching their emails come out, and for example, they were I woke up to an email that they sent out late last night saying, "Oh, there's some update to the SBA application for this payroll protection program." So we'll let you know when our system is ready. Um, so I guess they're not on is, is on track as Bank of America is. But this Payroll Protection Act, where you can basically go get a uh, loan that can end up being forgiven for two and a half times your average monthly salary if you're a business owner. There's even options, though, Rob, for self-employed um, or sole proprietors. Um, there's all sorts of crazy things. There's, there's also things called independent contractors, which everybody is wondering what that means in terms of this law. But there's a lot of people that are self-employed that have zero income. I mean, you can imagine a lot of real estate agents, mortgage brokers, or um, well, mortgage brokers are probably still somewhat busy with refinances, but not purchases. Um, so there, there are a lot of options. There's only so much money. So Today, uh, business owners can do it next, I think it's on the 10th, and then you have the um, uh, other group of people, like the, small, the sole proprietors and things like that, can qualify, uh, go apply for this loan. There's only so much money, so it's kind of a first-come, first-served basis. So you're probably going to see another round of stimulus to try to get money into the system. And I think the biggest problem with it is that there's a lot of businesses that are going to go for this payroll protection loan that as long as it's used to keep people on payroll, um, it can be a significant loan that can be forgiven for a business that's still fully operational through this process. Because there's a lot of businesses out there that are still fully operational. 
Um, sure. And uh, you know, and so it's it's kind of a it's kind of an odd program. It's um, uh, you know we we need the help because we're going to look back at time and and we're going to say okay there was there's like this this gap in the timeline of financial markets where everything just stopped for a quarter maybe two and people have forbearance on their mortgages and even their multifamily properties so people if they're not going to pay rent the people that own the properties aren't going to pay the banks they're not going to affect their credit and we'll all eventually move on from this now there's going to be some demand that's never going to come back again um like I doubt I look at Carnival Cruises. I'm like, man, that stock is so cheap. But I don't ever really want to own a, a, a cruise stock again, right? It would be a tough um, sell for clients. It's like owning a tobacco company. They're like, why? Can't you find something else? Same thing with cruises. At this point <laughs> in time, it's even like oil companies now, right? It's like so cheap. But uh, you're going to see a lot of dividend cuts there. I will say, Rob, I was having a really interesting conversation with some clients that still will go on cruises. They love cruises so much, they're not going to skip a beat as soon as it's all over. They're, they're already starting to look to book stuff because they have a pretty positive attitude about it. And they actually think they already had it a month or two ago, okay. um, the COVID. And COVID. they're like, well, if we, we hear if we own shares of Carnival because they use Princess Cruises, that they get all sorts of discounts just by owning 100 shares. So they, they might go buy it in their own retail account. Kind of interesting stuff. Not a great investment strategy, but I'll go with it. If <laughs> they're big cruisers, you know, you always try to find some solutions in the problems. Um, what are you thinking about the stock market these days, Chad? And oh, by the way, people can contact you, and the website is to be updated very soon with some COVID-specific information on these loans and other things. But people can go to newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com, and get a lot of these downloads. What are you thinking about the markets these days? Because in a way, it's kind of toned down. The volatility has gone from crazy record volatility to it's still volatile, but not as bad as it was a couple weeks ago. Right. I mean, we were up above 80 on the VIX. I think we're still around 60. I haven't checked it today, but um, uh, you know, before we were at 13, so it was way too low. There was way too many years where we had you know, not enough volatility, and then boom, it explodes, right? Yeah. Um, here, there, there's all sorts of things that are going on. And first of all, you know, in terms of this is the definitely the most volatile quarter. The first quarter was the most, most volatile quarter that I've ever seen in 25 years in the business. And, you know, you and I have been through the tech correction, 9-11, the credit crisis. We've been through currency blowups and, and, and uh, hedge fund blowups that affected the overall market. This was the craziest ride in terms of, you know, a rally up to February of 5%, a decline of like 35 a big jump of about 20%. I mean, it was, it was pretty nuts. And, you know, I think that we'll be a lot higher five years from now. I think that people that have cash should be averaging in. Um, a good strategy that we're using for people that have had cash on the sidelines, they've been afraid to get in in the past because they felt the market was too high, is I'm just averaging in every two weeks. We set the portfolio. We set the policy for the portfolio in terms of how much large cap, small cap, mid cap, um, lighter than an international than ever before. Um, and just, just start averaging in because stuff is cheap. I mean, small and mid-cap are still off 35% from, from their highs. And that's where people make a lot of money in the long run. Now, what I will say is um, when I do small-cap investing and mid-cap investing, a lot of times I'm a good portion in, in indexing and a good portion in, in actively managed 
and I'm looking more towards the actively managed side now because there's a lot of cheap small cap companies that are still growing, but they have to have enough cash on their balance sheets to get through the next two quarters, right, of, of, of a slowdown. Um, so there's kind of this swing back to a little bit more active management in certain asset categories. And if you look at what I talk about all the time, that strategy of dividend achiever stocks, of, of investing in companies with real solid balance sheets, low leverage, um, di- uh, payout, uh, free cash flow and payout ratios of under 55, they have performed really well through all of this um, in terms of the S&P 500 and, and other asset categories. So um, I think the market's going to be a lot higher five years out. Um, I don't know about you, but this is, to, to me, this is not a 2008 and 2009 situation. I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? How do you feel about it? <clears throat> yeah, this, I, I think every recession is different, and it's a silly thing to say out loud, but this recession will be different than the last one, which will be different than the Great Depression, which will be different than the, the 90s. Uh, we've been through it all. Uh, this seems to be very self-induced. And like you said, you already have clients who are waiting to go on a cruise again, I get it. Um, I'm waiting to spend some money again, but in the short term, I'm actually looking at it as a positive. I'm shoring up my balance sheet, and I'm not spending as much on restaurants. Um, yep. So I, I see some positives, but we came into the year a little overvalued, and we came into the year not seeing COVID, and I think that was a one-two punch. I'm just happy that we haven't got a, like another third punch while we did with oil. I'm just happy we haven't got a fourth punch, if you know what I'm going well, for at this point. Yeah, and we almost got that third punch. I mean, well, we had, okay, I mean, it was really, the oil was a third punch, but as far as the fourth punch, the, the what happened on March 9th, if anybody looks at bond funds in their 401k, especially the more you know aggressive ones, uh, you saw even normal conservative bond funds pull back like 6 7%, and some of the more aggressive ones pull back 13%, sometimes more. Um, and what happened was is that there was such an outflow, so such a heavy selling, um, that BlackRock had the biggest outflow in their muni platform in history. And so there was all of a sudden no buyers of bonds. It was only just sellers. But the Fed came in and backstopped that on, on uh, March 23rd, and the credit market started working really well again. And... Last week and the week before, Rob, we had the biggest in- issuance of investment-grade corporate debt or bonds right. in our history. The bond market and the credit markets are working extremely well. In 2008 and 2009, they were broken. Balance sheets of banks were upside down. They were over-leveraged. They were failing. There was no credit for anybody to access. Can I it, ask? it was a disaster. During this COVID lockdown, are your kids starting to get tired of you pointing at the TV screen and say, look at that, look at that, look at that. That's a double bottom. Or look at that, look at look at that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my kids oh, are getting pretty tired I, you know of financial lessons. Honestly, I've been in front of my computer 12 to 14 hours a day, you know, dealing with all this stuff and doing research. So I, I, I don't even know if they're still here. They might have left. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I might all have beards the next time you see them, including your daughter, which would not be a good thing. Um, with that beard, said... Yeah. Chad, you got about 30 seconds you want to plug yourself or talk a little bit about the weekend or what are you doing? Thoughts? Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say um, by the end of the day today, we'll have a lot of stuff up on um, the the CARES Act, whether it's stuff for personal, like no more requirement of distributions, how the rebate check works. And then also for small business owners, um, remember today is the application process that starts. So 
I couldn't keep up with all the emails on the request, so we're posting a PDF, several PDFs on the website by the end of the day. So go to chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com to get them. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm not saying that we've gotten through the worst of it. I don't know what's going to come out as far as stories and as far as deaths. I can't predict how we might react if we hear Princess Meghan or Prince Harry got the COVID. I don't know. Maybe that would be the thing that causes us to lose our minds. Um, We're dealing with a market that's dynamic and Sometimes I have to ask you to believe in the system, the system being that this is a market that's been dynamic for 100 years and has gone through many things, World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Korea, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, uh, major political figures assassinated Kennedy to Reagan, for instance. Um, we've been through that. We've gone through a major act of terrorism. And I will tell you, we will probably go through another we will probably go through another really bad thing. High oil, low oil. A um, couple years ago, we're you know marching in the streets for uh, right, you know, quality of life paychecks. Uh, next year after that, markets at our all time highs, and we're like, eh, we don't really care about quality of life because we do, but we don't. But every year, there's going to be something out there. In my opinion, it's, it's rarely we're going to go through a year like, huh. You know, sometimes it's like Japan's uh, got a tsunami and their nuclear reactor melts down. Sometimes it's China being aggressive and you know sending a aircraft carrier around Japan and like, hey, we're still bigger than you, nah, 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 kind of thing. And uh, we get a little tense on what happens if that disrupts semiconductors from Asia to the United States. There's always going to be a wall of worry on Wall Street, and. Um, The sooner you get that, the better, and it'll make you a better investor. There is every single year reasons not to be confident. Um, And if you were to take a look at any given year, there's stories there. So story stocks are not typically, and I was going to ask Chad about this, but I didn't get a lot enough time in. Boy, if you ask that boy a question, he can ramble on for three minutes. No. Um, I was going to ask him the question of, are you going for any COVID investments? Um, Like video games, or are you going for COVID investments like the cure for COVID, the biotech companies that are being rumored? Are you going for the more healthcare in our life next year? Now, I think most of America gets the idea of, um, whether it's true or not, we're reporting heavily that old people are dying of coronavirus. And the coronavirus is a strain of a flu. And we know that flu shots happen once a year. Will we now get more flu shots? Will you do the investment trend of GlaxoSmithKline? Nancy Pelosi saying the United States is going to need a fourth stimulus bill. Congress should provide more money for states and cities. Two trillion stimulus bill was just a down payment. More money for small businesses needed immediately. And we just started that small business loan application thing where I don't know if you picked up on it. Chad said, there's only so much money there, and it's a kind of a first-come, first-serve kind of thing. Uh, 
I know a couple business owners yesterday that were lining up for it. It's going to have huge demand. And the terms of the money has to be used to save an employee's salary is very, very up for, how shall we say, interpretation. But it'll be stimulus money. Someone will get it. Someone will stimulate something with it. Oil prices are seeing limited reaction following a report that President Trump is considering shutting off production in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> I can almost cry. Yesterday, Trump said, I'm going to call Putin, or I've called Putin and the head prince of Saudi Arabia, and I'll get this price of oil moving higher. I'm going to get those guys shut down because we're the same people. Now, today, he's shutting down. He's thinking about shutting down oil production in the Gulf of Mexico, saying, hey, if you're a driller out there, you better shut down, or I'm going to send planes and bomb you. This, you can't make this stuff up anymore. So, um, yeah, there's that. So, Names that are in play today because oil's moving higher, Apache, Pioneer Resources, Baker Hughes. If you and I came up with an idea of like, hey, um, in our backyard, let's put, let's get a big drill and drill for oil because I, I feel there's oil down there. We can't do it. Baker Hughes can do it. EOG Resources, Capital Oil and Gas, Holly Frontier, Occidental Petroleum, Marathon Oil, all moving higher as a group today because we feel – I don't want to say we feel – there's this confidence that Saudi Arabia and Russia will, at some point in time, cut production, boost demand. But no, not boost demand. Cut production, which cuts supply. When demand picks back up, they're going to say, hey, we only got 50 million barrels to sell you. But we thought there was going to be 200 million, but we only got fit because we cut production. It's the classic supply and demand. Now, again, here's where I get a little bit crazy on OPEC because I'm a little bit crazy. If you haven't figured that out yet, you should. I get a little bit uh, crazy because they say, you know, hey, we're going to pump 100 million barrels or 200 million barrels or 300 million barrels. If Intel did that with semiconductors, because semiconductors get smaller, cheaper, cheaper every year. If Intel said, you know, we can make CPUs, and if how about if we and AMD get together and say we're we're both going to cut production, and we want double for it, so next year. Semiconductors get smaller, but instead of cheaper and faster, they get more expensive, and they don't actually have to throttle up the speed because you have no choice. I do not like markets like OPEC. Target's starting to limit the number of customers in their stores. That's interesting how that's slowly developing. I was in a Safeway yesterday, and it felt like, and I know this is going to be rude and upsetting to some people, but it felt like safe uh, shopping for groceries in the time of war. There's Stand five feet apart from each other. Only go up the aisles with the arrows going up. Come back the aisles. Every two minutes there was, make sure to maintain proper distancing. And it was kind of like this, this speaker telling me, you know, six feet apart. Do not cough in anyone's direction. <laughs> I have I did not think we would get there, but Target's starting to do some more of that as well. So, um, And they're supplying their employees with masks and gloves. And that's all good stuff right now. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Watch the markets. Relax. Enjoy.